today on The Breakdown. There's three left. It's a $1,000 buy-in online scoop event. You're a guy, but guess who else is at the table? Frickin' Adrian Mateos. Also, frickin' Alexei Ponikov. And, you know, no one else because there's only three of you. But still, you're a guy. And there's $70,000 still to be won. You've locked up 79 k but still a lot of money, almost double what you've already won. If you can just get through these last two guys, why are they so good? Why is this so tough? Well, there's going to be one particular hand that, well, decisions will be made. <laughs> decisions will be made. Three-way hand. We're going to get into it right now on The Breakdown. With Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey, first time no rehearsal. on my door trying to sell me air. Like, that's the way that opening felt. It's like, this is great air. It's, uh, you know, it's stuff. It's out here. There's people around. Mm. And this air is here. $50, please. I think. You know something, and I know something that the audience does not know, and that is Loch Ness monster is real. <laughs> that is that uh, I don't know anything about this hand. <laughs> like I've said every single thing I know about the hand in the opening, and so it's difficult for me to do a very strong teaser if I'm really referring to the hand. That's without knowing any details. You. We, didn't, we didn't make any sort of agreement that you would be blind to the hand. <laughs> the information is all right in front of you if you want it. But it's fun not to know. Yeah. Okay. Also, I think I was, you know, looking at my Twitter. Yeah? You, Why would I? What did you learn on your Twitter? You know, there's things happening in the world. People yeah. have opinions. What are, the, what are some opinions that you find? You know, you should probably, if you're going to get in business, you should probably buy a business that's already going rather than grow a business from scratch because the growth is the hardest part and the least money-making part. That's what you learned on Twitter just now? No, but that's something I learned on Twitter recently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, it's not it's kind, of, kind of interesting. Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if you had anything else. Oh, you're wondering my anything else? More was Twitter wisdom. Um, you know, yes, of course. Uh, for example, here's a little crypto wisdom from from Twitter, which is that there's people who get paid in Bitcoin every month, including us. By the way, we get paid in Bitcoin every month. Uh, and by Nitrogen Sports, our our lovely sponsor, and. Um, a bunch of those people who get paid every month are just squirreling it away with the intention of really not selling it anytime at all soon. And so there's like another sort of hidden piece of the crypto economy with Bitcoin specifically, where it's like the supply is getting slightly drained every single month. And so there's a little bit less and a little bit less because like when I get paid, I don't sell it. I just keep it, you know, and there's a lot of people like me out there right now. How many people really get paid in Bitcoin? It can't be that many. Um, relative to the market cap of Bitcoin, I would guess it's, it's a reasonable amount mm. is what it is, you know? Cool. Yeah. I mean, Russell O'Kung. He, paid. yeah. I Seattle mean, Seahawks left tackle. It's like six and a half million dollars worth of Bitcoin a year he gets paid. The Sacramento Kings are going to let their players get paid in Bitcoin. It's really cool. Some of them are going to probably take some percentage of that. I, I assume guess. they let them do whatever percentage instead of like all or nothing. Yeah. I, I mean, all that's really happening is they're just converting dollars to Bitcoin anyway. Yeah. So it's not like... But still, when you get it in Bitcoin, it's easier to hold it in Bitcoin, right? Also, if you're not a crypto-savvy person and you yeah. are interested, it's a lot better for the team to like just set up shit for of you. Of course. Like, okay, 5% of your salary is in Bitcoin, you're good. You never yeah. think about it again. That's, yeah. that's what everyone wants with financial advisors, right? They want to just 
You just want to, like, you do the thing and just tell me how it worked out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's how I was with the, when, the, when I heard that Hitman. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do the thing. Kill don't, the people. Don't tell me about the details. I just want to know if they're dead and see photos. Obviously, I need to see photos <laughs> of the dead. For my collection. Yeah. And then I'm going to have to kill you, obviously. <laughs> I'm going to hire him. I shouldn't have said that, but I'm still going to, still going to do it. (laughs) I'm sorry for now. You know, now you know I'm going to kill you after you kill these guys, but in a way it's a, it's a gift because, (laughs) excuse me, because now that hitman will spend the last days like really enriched, like doing the things that he or she really wanted to do. I mean, they get to say their goodbyes. They get to put their affairs in order. Imagine if I killed that guy without giving him that opportunity. That yeah. would be the real. That would have been. That would be the real crime. That would have been messed up. That <laughs> I feel like. I feel like even if I'm caught, I'm going to get off because no, I did you, this. Well, you get like misdemeanor. You'll, yeah, you'll, you'll pick up a little litter by the highway. You know. I mean, maybe I'll get fined. You know, but I'll be. But my, I can see my lawyer saying, "What is the true injustice here?" Yeah. Not telling this guy would have been the true injustice. Not having closure with his father. Would have been the true injustice. But Jonathan gave him that. And, you know, if he died in a freak accident a year and a half later, he wouldn't have gotten that closure because he wouldn't have known yeah. that was going to happen. Exactly. And his life would have been... It's also, he's in a good. dangerous profession. <laughs> like, this is just part of it, man. Yeah, I mean, you signed up for this hit, man. <laughs> what the hell are you complaining about, dead guy? <laughs> so I'm going to tell you ahead of time you're going to die, and I'm going to make sure that happens. And I have so far... You would think that'd be difficult, right? Because you're giving them like a little heads up, but no, they just they do the job and they think you're kidding or something. Yeah, and you they're like, them. you wouldn't actually tell I me. I mean, that's crazy. That's the craziest. It's a, they think it's a game theory disaster, but in fact, it's a game theory fucking non-disaster. It's a game theory <laughs> triumph. Yeah. It's victory all over, man. You just kill them. We've never come up with the opposite of game theory disaster. Mm. That's kind of weird. You'd expect that we would have. Yeah, I guess. I guess. You know, game theory optimal. <laughs> I mean, maybe it sort of is not. I guess that, that sort of is. Sort of already exists. But it's like, it's but not that's, the same that's thing. more of like a conceptual thing, whereas the, uh, yeah. a game theory disaster is a singular event. Yes, right? it is. It is. So maybe game theory triumph is good. Maybe that's a good one. It would be cool to be in a spot. I'm sure, I and mean, we talk about this once in a while, where you make a bet and literally. Although the thing is, it doesn't work the same way, right? Because you're like, well, all the better hands are going to fold and all the worse hands are going to call, which is. That's sort of the that's a true opposite of the game theory disaster in theory, yeah. right? But that how would that happen? All the better hands fold and all the worse hand calls. That doesn't make any sense. But game theory disaster happens a lot, right? Yeah. Where we see someone makes that mistake and all the worse hands call and all the better hands. Yeah, that, that seems. Oh, like, sorry, the worse hands fold. That seems hard fold. to pull off. It's yeah. Obviously, it isn't really that. That, that yeah. wouldn't be the game theory triumph because yeah. that's an impossibility. So it's some other version of that, which is more like all the better hands call. But all the worst hands call, too. That's called a value bet. It's <laughs> called a pretty good value bet, I yeah. guess, sometimes. A pretty good value bet sometimes. <laughs> Depending on, how, you know, the ranges and how big those, wide those ranges yeah. are. Anyway, let's get back to Hitman. All right. The Hitman podcast. Casper Quack. Yeah. Known Hitman. Whoa. Because he always hits it right with the old Twitter suggestions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You said it. He's good at Twitter and uh, using it to suggest hands. That's where he suggested this hand. We are the poker guys on Twitter at the number two poker guys. That's where you should suggest a hand, include a video, and timestamp it. It's the only way to do it. It's the only way to feel the breeze in your hair. You know what I'm saying? Light, light breeze. What if they're bald? They can't feel the breeze in their hair anyway. I am discriminating against you if you're bald. Wow. I'm at act- least you admit it. I'm actively doing There's it. There's something powerful about you yeah. admitting it, you know? It's no longer discrimination because I'm just being honest. <laughs> it's like you and the hitman. <laughs> exactly. Otherwise, I'd be discriminating against hitmen. Yeah. Because I'm only killing hitmen. Yeah. I mean, I'm hiring them to kill other people, but that's a separate thing. That's you're a not, whole separate thing. You're not killing those people. I mean, I'm not killing those people. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? I mean, if you order someone to kill someone else and they do, that's not you. No, that's them. Look at Hitler. No one, no one holds Hitler responsible. Wow, this is where this is going. Huh? This is where we're gonna go. Did you challenge me at one point to not say Hitler like a certain amount of times in a in, over the year or something? Like I don't. That. I think I probably did. Yeah. Well, there's one of them. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Perfect. Well done, Poker Podcast. Okay. I feel like we just need to say for new listeners, I'm the Jewish one, so there's a little more room for me to say the <laughs> Hitler joke and without without everyone getting upset. They might get upset anyway. People, they might. People like to get upset. That's fine. They love it. I think it was funny, and I'm glad I said it. People love getting upset. Love it. So does Alexei Ponikov. Oh. He's probably upset that we didn't mention him a couple weeks ago when we were talking about how over the course of the pandemic, there's a couple of players who keep showing up in these online tournaments, and we, we mentioned Michael Adamo, and we mentioned Christoph Vogelsang. Yeah. I would say Alexei Ponikov is in that discussion, too. We've done a lot of Alexei Ponikov hands, including um, having commentated at a World Series of Poker Final Table that he was... One of the finalists, like one of huh. the top three players, I think. Don't remember yeah. any of that, but sure. Typical. It's been a while, man. This is why Ponikov is mad, man. This is why Ponikov feels unseen. <laughs> you think when he's upset and he's in the room, he's like, I'm going to be Ponik gone if you don't change your attitude. <laughs> he says stuff like that. If he's horrible at coming up <laughs> with ways to manipulate his name, <laughs> then be, yes. I'm going to be Gonikov. Maybe that's, that's better. That's, yeah, that's yeah. significantly Well, better. you know, he needed a little time to think about it. <laughs> But it's kind of like, um, I haven't seen it, but there's a documentary on Netflix called Seaspiracy. Yeah. Like, do they not know that it's conspiracy? Like, how could you not do conspiracy? I have to to believe that that was already taken somewhere. Yeah. Because impossible not to do otherwise, right? Yeah. Impossible. Or maybe you want it to be like Seaspiracy because you're concerned that people would, like, if they say it, conspiracy just sounds like anything. But Seaspiracy always, I don't know. I got nothing. I'm... I'm, I like those guys. This though. is the classic Ponikov. <laughs> yeah. What else could he say? If you know, I am my. I, I like my my steak. Well, Donikov, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he goes to like a, a steakhouse. Yeah. And he, you know, famously enjoys a well done steak. Famously. Famously. So the waiter says, "And how will you be having your fillet?" And he says, "I'd like it well, Donikov." And the waiter just kind of stares at him. And so what do you, where do you go from there or if you're Ponikov? Then you have to be like, well, it's funny because my last name is Ponikov. <laughs> yeah. And then the waiter's like, so just started staring and not yeah. laughing. And he's like, well, if you were, if you, if you listen to Poker Guys podcast, you might get it. Yeah. But I would just prefer the, the steak now. <laughs> Can I have a and steak? That's please? every interaction at a restaurant that Alexei Ponikov ever, yeah. ever has. Because he orders everything well Donikov, obviously, even yeah. like mashed potatoes Soup. and stuff. Yeah. I want it a little burnt. Can you get this corn chowder well done, please? He's like, I don't like it, but I have to order it that way because of my name. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, he's been doing quite well. And yeah, he does interesting stuff. Um, went for very thin value and it blew up in his face the last time we saw him against, what was that guy's name? Laszlo something? Yeah. That's but, where he uh, he got three bet, right? Yeah. He, like, when he check raised yeah. middle pair on the river. It's so sick to yeah. even go for that and then got owned by like, you know. By a bluff. By yeah. a bluff. Yeah. So poor Ponikov. Poor, poor Alexi. Let's see how he does this time. Okay. I don't know how he does. I don't know anything. All right. Three remain. We've got 500K big blind. As Jonathan said, Locked up about 80K, about 70K more to play for in this 1K event. You got Adrian freaking Mateo sitting there. I mean, come on. It's online, but you still know that his hair is quaffed. He, yeah. It's always quaffed. He's quiet. He's, He's a quiet sort. Quiet and quaffed. Yeah. 
The WQ. Yeah. That's a sweet name. What if what if Fabian Quas was also quaffed and quiet? He is sort of. He kind of is. So So I guess we've Quas quaff quaffed. I guess we're done here. <laughs> Wait, why did I even say? I don't know. Let's <laughs> okay. let's just talk about poker now. Yeah, yeah. Before we lose our minds. What are we talking about? I think we're Donikov with the seg- the segment. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. That's pretty good. I think we're done. All right, let's start with an odd play. And I think this is actually a play we've seen Ponikov make before in an online tournament. Uh Uh-oh, is he going to limp? Yep, he's on the button. So I guess you remember that a little bit. No, you said it was an odd play. I mean, there's not too many others. He's got 30 million on the button, so he's got 60 bigs. Okay. He's got ace, deuce off, and he limps. What are the stack sizes of the other two gentlemen? BRZ Roll, who's going to be his main opponent in the small blind, has got 39 million, so he's the big stack. And Mateos has 17.3 million, so he's got like 35 bigs. As huh. Okay, stack. so that's a surprising limp. Yeah. So I guess our boy Ponikov must think that the button, having position is just a spot he just wants to be in, and he's willing to go to town. I, I, is, so he's calling a raise, I guess, with this hand? Unless somebody goes unreasonable with it, probably. I mean, they're going to at least, what, five and a half exit, I would think. Usually. Maybe as much as six X. I guess he's calling a race. I mean, you really want to call a six X raise? I know you're in position. Maybe he's not calling off. a race. Maybe isn't. Maybe he's, maybe he's three betting sometimes too. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I'd like to hear his thought process. He clearly is a thinking good player. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to know. Well, it's definitely going to throw off his opponents a little bit, unless he's doing this constantly. He might just be doing this constantly. He might be. Though. Yeah. Anyway, BRZ Roll, who we couldn't find out the real name of. I'm sure somebody's mad at us for not knowing this famous online player. He lives in Portugal. He might be from the Netherlands, according to Poker Stars, but it's unclear. Yeah. I even know the town or the city in which he lives in. Do you know his address? No, but he's the number two... When does he shower? The number two uh, money player from his city. From his... They do it by city? You... Well, if, if the cities are big enough, I guess, or if you're in Portugal, I guess. Portuguese love their municipal rankings. <laughs> Famously. B-R-Z? B-R-Z roll. B-R-Z roll. BRZ rolls the big stack with 39 million. Okay. He's in the small blind. He's definitely got a candidate hand to make it five and a half X. He's got okay. two sixes. Oh, for sure. Six of hearts, six of spades. But he just limps also. Huh. So maybe Ponikov has been doing a lot of limp three betting from the button, or maybe he's just never folding and sixes don't play so well out of position anyway against a good player. So you might as well just see a flop. I mean, but this way we get to not be three handed. Like sixes almost never win three handed out of position to both players compared to heads up with initiative. It's so much better. Yeah, just value. I agree, but I can also see the yeah the comfort of limping Me in too. this spot and not playing out of position with an almost guaranteed call and dealing with a good player with like you're gonna get somebody like ten nine four flops that just is like uh I don't like this you know yeah sure there's lots of tough spots where then you you feel like you have to see bet to protect you get called once and now you have no idea what to do it yeah. sucks yeah that's that's all fair and good still it feels like the play is mostly to to raise it up you'd here. expect it but yeah. But okay. know, I don't hate a limp. No, I don't hate it. Set mine a little bit more of the time. Whatever. Then Adrian, the quiet quaff Mateos. Adrian. The quiet quaff. He's in the big blind with 17.3 million. He checks queen eight off. He's not going to matter. Spoiler alert. Ouch. Ding, ding, spoiler alert. He's not going to matter. I mean, he matters to like his family. Does he? Certain segments of his Do family. Do you know that? He doesn't see his cousins often enough for him to really matter to them. Right. But he is, like, famous in the family. You know, he's a famous poker player. So they, he matters in that way. He's the gravy train coming home. Pay me. <laughs> if you want to get, give me some money, Adrian. He does win like a lot. That. He wins a lot. He does win a he's lot. He's very good. Yep. He's famous for being good. That's good. It's good to be famous for being good. Yeah. 
Anyway, he's going to check. Queen okay. eight off. Not going to matter. What is going to matter is that you sit down and brace yourselves because I'm going to talk about nitrogen sports, baby. Everybody's favorite time, baby. You know, nitrogen requested that I say baby more in the ads. Yeah, they really felt that was important. Yeah. And now that I hear it, I, I agree with them. Yeah. It's really- it adds like a little bit of a, a professional wrestling flair to it, almost. No. More like a soap opera flair to it, like one, a one life to live kind of a thing. I'm not saying it romantically. I'm saying it like Hulk Hogan would say it. Are you? Baby. <laughs> yeah, that's more like it. Hey, you were, you, hey baby. You were like... No, I'm saying it like a weird frog guy. A weird frog guy? Nitrogen requested that as well. <laughs> I don't understand what their metrics are telling them, but... This is I mean, no one does anymore, and that's good. You just got to do what the metrics say. Well, whatever anyway. the algorithm spits out, that's what you do. Yeah, and that's how you make money, and that's how you live. Yeah. So I also, have to, sports. I also have to mention the early 2000s film, The Count of Monte Cristo. With Guy Pierce. Poor adaptation of the book, but also a still entertaining movie. They requested that I mention that. Okay. Guy and, Pierce, though. Yeah. It was a fun romp, you know? Sure. It's the ultimate tale of revenge. Exactly. And the ultimate tale of revenge that you can do against your boss, that fat cat bastard, is to use the link in the description when you sign up for Nitrogen Sports to get access to the Poker Guys specials, which include our monthly tournament, which is where you can win some Bitcoin and tell your boss to go fuck himself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what you want, right? You want to be like, hey, I'm out of here, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. This is an advertisement, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. A classic advertisement. By Easy the to forget. Guys. But you anyway. win so much money on nitrogen with the casino sports and the, the sports games and the games. <laughs> yeah, all betting. those things. They do have sports betting. They do have casino games. Yeah. They have poker. They have our Poker Guys special tournament. They also have other Poker Guys specials, but you have to use the link when you sign up or you don't get access to them. Right. Get you on nitrogen. Get you some poker. Yeah. Use the link. Use the link. Baby. Right. Yeah, there you go. That's the spirit. So talk about Guy Pierce's performance a little bit in Count of Monte Cristo. I feel like Guy Pierce doesn't have as much range as he should. And that is a per- this movie is a perfect example of that where he's just playing generic dude who gets, you know, bad things happen to him in a movie and he mostly plays it like that instead of like more reaching deeper for some of the true emotions like he does in Memento, which as Mike D'Angelo can attest is a fabulous performance in a fabulous movie. He like reaches for that. This feels more like, you know, it's for me. It's like when I was in the first scene of the fucking Jeremy Renner movie about bombs, yeah. whatever that was called. Remember what that was called? Yeah, the Hurt Locker. Yeah, Catherine Catherine Bigelow uh, directing. Uh, you know, I'm just sort of here making making my money. This is my paycheck movie. This is not my uh, my I'm act my, I'm acting movie. I'm going to act in a he different was like, movie. He was the bad guy in Count of Monte Cristo. Was he? Yeah. Hey, who can even remember? Was it Jim Caviezel. Was this the is a good guy. Oh, it was Jimmy Caviezel. Yeah, Jimmy C. James Caviezel. Jimmy Jesus Caviezel. Strange career for Jimmy Caviezel. Yeah. Very, very strange career. To go from Jesus to uh, that TV show about AI. Oh, for, yeah. Uh, probably got paid a lot for that, though. So Yeah, I'm sure he got, you know, I'm sure he did. You know, the Jesus thing probably paid pretty well, too. That's true. But still, like... Being friends with Guy Pierce pays just in emotional <laughs> wins. <laughs> so hopefully he locked up that friendship he's on like, set. You know? He's like, I am wealthy no matter what my bank account says because of Guy Pierce's love. Yeah. <laughs> LA Confidential, man. That's what you know, everybody talks about. It. Great movie. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good movie. Entertaining throughout. A little overrated, but good movie. Entertaining throughout. Sure. Ed, Ed Axley, I think, was the uh, Guy Pierce role. The DA. Yeah, that's a, you remember his name, huh? I think so. Russell Crowe. Kim Basinger. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. Yeah. All right. We got two sixes in the small blind for BRZ role. 
We've got Mateos with queen eight in the big blind and Alexei Ponikov having limped the button with ace of clubs, deuce of hearts. Sure. 1.7 million in the pot. Flop is king of clubs, six of clubs, six of clubs. Whoa, six of clubs? Deuce of diamonds. Okay. That means there's a set for BRZ roll, bottom pair for Ponikov, nothing for Mateos. Ponikov also with the back door, not flush draw. Don't think I didn't notice that. I did notice that. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to take your thunder. Um, so BRZ roll is going to check his sixes. Do you think it's better to bet here with nobody having the initiative and making middle set? Great question. I kind of like betting here. Yeah, because I feel like it's going to check through a fair amount. And even if we get a bet from our opponent, uh, like on the button or something like Ponikov bets, um, it's hard to get a whole lot more value. And when we're out of position, it's, it's, we're going to have real challenges here. Is the plan to check raise? Well, now we need to have a king for reals. Or, or like a, a flush, flush draw. draw. Yeah. yeah. Um, if we bet, I just feel like there's a wider range of hands that can decide to call us on the flop and maybe improve on the turn. And I just, I just like t- taking the initiative when we're out of position a lot of the time. And since this wasn't, no one has initiative anyway, I think it's perfectly fine for us just to, to take a stab here. Yeah, I think I slightly prefer that. I mean, it's not the end of the world to check, of course, but no. we have to check sometimes with our strong hands in these spots. But like, I like betting mostly. Maybe uh, when Ponikov limps, he's like taking shots on these boards all the time when it checks to him. Yeah. That might be a reason to check. So at least you capture some value. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, once in a while, we're going to blow uh, Mateos off an, an actually okay hand that would have paid us off on a few streets, but whatever. Like, like that's fine. Like a deuce four or something? A bad king. Even like a bad king might just fold if it goes check, check, bet, raise. Yeah. Yeah. I would expect it mostly to. Probably. Mateos also checks his nothing. Yeah. Ponikov's going to bet bottom pair. Not much to say there. Nope. Goes for about a third pot, 500K into 1.7 million. Okay. All right. How do you proceed with your set? BRZ roll. I mostly want to raise for all the reasons we were talking about, even though it blows him off a lot of hands. Including the one he has, probably. Probably. I know he's got the ace of clubs. Who knows what he's going to do, but... Mostly, I think he's going to fold. But I still want to raise now because how do I get value on the turn? If he has a king, I'm going to get value now anyway and get value on the turn. Clubs can come and kill action anyway. And it's going to go check, check a lot on the turn, right? I, I just want to be able to take the initiative in this hand at some point so I can make sure bets go in on all the streets. And so since we chose to check the flop, I now want to raise most of the time. I assume we're raising flush draws a lot, so it's okay, you know? Yeah. Well, he just calls. Okay. Okay. What do you think? I agree with your points. Um, I think maybe maybe it's a thing where he's seen Ponikov go for multiple streets. You know, he's only about a third of the pot here. He could be trying to to blow BRZ off of a, a deuce or a six on the turn. Mm-hmm. And maybe because there was no raise preflop, he thinks like, well, BRZ doesn't have too many kings in his range, so I can I can get him to fold by the river. Maybe triple barrels are coming more frequently than you think because of all of this stuff. Yeah. So if Ponikov is a very bluffy guy, Maybe maybe that's why. That's that's okay. Something to that, I guess. We know that at least in past instances, I think you mentioned this, he went for really thin value on that one river play yeah. where he check raised middle pair. Yeah. But seemingly for value. Um so if he's gonna go for really thin value and he has something, maybe this is the way to get the most money out of those types, those medium strength hands. Maybe. Maybe. But still, I like I like instead of like letting my fortune go to the, the you know the poker gods, I want to take Rest control of the reins, mostly. Zeus, Zeus is displeased. Zeus can suck a lime. Not a lemon? No, no, no. That's too sour. It's way too sour. Come on. It's not lime, fair. It's not, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that on my, my closest friend. <laughs> Changed it up there. 
That's how you keep podcasts interesting. Oh, yeah. You change it up a little bit. Anyway, so BRZ, he calls. Mateos folds. Yes. Pot's now about 2.7 million. Okay. The turn is just kind of not fair. It's the deuce of spades. Oh, come on. So Ponikov now has trip deuces with the best kicker. Okay, so there should be a massive car wreck happening. That's what I would expect now. Well, what do you think about this? BRZ roll leads now. Right, because he's afraid that kings are checking back. Yep. And even sixes are, like, all these hands are checking back. Yeah. And so he's going to lead in now. I, I like that a lot. I think this is a great lead. I do, too. Like, he's supposed to lead with, he's going to have some deuces, he's going to have some sixes, and he's going to have pairs, he's going to be protecting, he's going to do all these things. He's going he's to lead with his deuces, he's going to protect against all the air that's got equity. It's a great lead. Makes it 806K into 2.7 million. Okay. All right, Alexi, you want to raise or do you want to call? Obviously, you cannot fold. Trip deuces. Folding would seem real dumb. Although, you know, it would be correct. He's got one out. We have outs, bro. One out. We have one out. We have out, bro. You know, I just thought of another out. You could be like, I'm going to cough. Oh, yeah. out of here. I'm going to go to a steakhouse. Yeah, steakhouse. All right. (laughs) Okay. So um, I think mostly... Okay. We can raise now or we can raise on the river. We should be planning to raise most of the time. I think that's clear. Yeah. Right? Um, So... I don't mind waiting to raise. The question is, like, do we attack these plays much, you know, as sometimes as bluffs, like when we get these leads? If we attack these leads with raises, then I think a raise here is fine. Yeah. If we never attack these leads and are just going to have it most of the time, I assume someone like Ponikov is going to be more balanced than that. But then, then we should maybe delay a little bit longer. As always, the longer we wait to raise, the more powerful the raise looks. And usually the more powerful the raise is. Yeah. Um. I like a raise now because I think BRZ often does have a weaker deuce than us. Like, I know that's what, he, that's what he's repping, but also it's probably a line he will take with those hands. He and certainly can have a lot of deuces. He has all the deuces available to him. He had to limp for half a blind. After. I mean, he's, he may have folded the absolute worst. Maybe deuces. the worst, but like he's got a lot of deuces. He's got a lot of deuces. Like, let's, let's raise now before any scare cards come. Let's maximize value. Even when scare cards don't come, we get more value by raising now. I mean, if, if uh, BZ roll has brz roll excuse me has a king and he bets and we raise is he calling is he a king seems like the wrong hand to be lead taking this line with because right because he doesn't need to protect against much yeah. right so it's like a six which is weird too a six makes makes more sense to me actually it i makes understand more sense a than a king by a lot i'd rather have a flush draw or a deuce most of the time i think but generally like he's got a range advantage now when the deuce hits right so like and he's afraid it's going to go check check and he's just going to give infinite odds to whatever his opponent's hand is in terms of the equity of the hand right yeah this is free so like leading here that's the reason why we'll often see players lead when they go check call on flops and the middle card pairs right because it's better for their range and they don't want to just give a free card when it's often going to go check check um so I don't remember where I was. I got caught up in that part of it. What were we talking about? We're talking about... <laughs> should he raise? <laughs> yeah, should Ponikov raise? Uh, I think mostly I like a raise because I think like... Oh, because I think he can have sixes. I think B's, BRZ roll can have like hands that aren't deuces and aren't flush draws. And he's going to call with sixes, you think? Oh, right. That's the point, isn't it? That's the question. Because there's, yeah. there's two clubs out there. The question is, is he going to call with sixes? And yeah, I don't know the answer to that question. If he doesn't have a six, okay, he can have a deuce. That's good. He, would, he, would he lead with the king? This goes back to your question, right? Yeah, I don't think he would too often. He has much less of a reason to lead with the king. But I think he has enough deuces and enough flush draws that it's still profitable to raise. Right. And maybe he leads with a flush draw 
And a flush draw calls our raise if we don't make it too much. Depending. Right. Or maybe a flush draw three bets because they're like, fuck yeah. you, I have a range advantage. Like. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's, those are all pretty good reasons to raise. I think the best reason is that like we may have a cooler spot here. Let's try and get a lot of chips in right well, we now. We do have a cooler spot, but not right. the way we want it. Right. But let's try and get a lot of chips in now when we're usually way ahead and before the scare cards comes. This is all what you said. I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah. All right. Well, Ponikov doesn't like all those ideas. He just calls. Ponikov. Alexi. More like Sean. Shitikov. <laughs> but we're not dumping on him. No. We're just making jokes. No, I mean, obviously, we think he's a very good player. Yeah. Pot's 4.3 million. <laughs> <laughs> what has happened to us? It's, you know, it's a poker podcast. Yeah. This is how it goes. This is what happens. Every poker podcast is like this. We're if- basically Doug Polk's ego in an auditory form. <laughs> <laughs> if you if if this is the only poker podcast you listen to, I let me allow you to rest assured. Every single poker podcast is the same as this poker podcast. We're not special, we're not different. Everybody says the same type of stuff we do. Everybody talks about the Count of Monte Cristo <laughs> <laughs> at least once. Guy Pierce's acting and, and the the value of his friendship. <laughs> yeah. All, all sorts of things like yeah, that are yeah. normal in poker podcasts. Okay. Yeah. 4.3 million in the pot. Right. Rivers, the four of spades. Clubs do not come in. Three, five comes in. That's a rarity for either player. Whatever. I guess Ponikov could have that probably a little bit more. Maybe they both can have it equally. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where the, sh- the shit's going to get whackness. Okay. You know, that's what they said in 2008 all the time. Yeah. No, they say that. The shit is going to get whackness here. This is where Alexei Ponikov is going to do his crazy Ponikov stuff. And we're going to have to dissect it. Okay. Because I think it's really worth dissecting. But first, let's dissect a more common play which is still interesting. BRZ checks. Clearly going for the check raise. Yeah, he's trying to capture value from the... He's trying to capture a bluff from the clubs that missed yep. and get check raises and obviously against everything, any value to Like that. May please, actually be able to call. Please, please have a deuce. Please, please have a deuce or 3-5. Or maybe a king. Yeah. A king would make perfect sense for Ponikov to have played this way and he'll consider calling a check raise. Yeah, I don't know if he will call, but he'll at least consider it. Yeah. Right? Ponikov is going to bet, obviously. Trying to, he's just hoping that BRZ has a weaker deuce at this point, right? That's like the ultimate goal. Absolutely. Which is a real possibility. You would think a deuce is usually going to bet the river, though. You would, but. Whatever, you got to bet and hope. Like if BRZ has a give up flush draw, you have to try to like hope he bluffs or something. And and BRZ roll may also call with a hero, like a six or something like that, if because we could have missed clubs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you got to, obviously, you're betting. Of course. He bets 3.225 million into 4.3, so pretty big. Polarizing. How do you want to size it as BRZ? Yeah, we're we're relatively deepish still, right? Yeah. Like we have like we're effectively like twenty eight and a half million coming into this uh, river mm-hmm. here, something like that. So Ponikov betting three million, we can't shove. It is it's like that's like Phil Homie shoving against Doug Polk in yeah. that spot. It's just too much. Now this hand may call us. This hand probably is going to call us if we shove, but we can't know that. We're not just right. picking the ace deuces as the part of the range that's that we're targeting. Um, how do we want to size it? Uh, it's 3.225. I think we want to make it big enough that, that we have, like, we really might be bluffing. You know, like, if we're bluffing, we, we can really get a fold from you. So, like, somewhere around, like, 10 million-ish feels fine to me. Are we, so, are we trying to target, like, we get called by kings a fair amount, or are we just really hoping for a cooler where he's got a deuce? I mean, I don't know that any sizing is going to be much different for kings unless we get really, really big. Yeah. Like, kings are going to decide that, you know, they're going to hero or they're not. And a, a clickback is, should be just as terrifying to a king as a non-clickback, yeah. in my mind. 
Now, maybe a king just feels like mathematically it has to call sometimes with the clickback. Maybe. It depends on what kind of player Ponikov is. He's a thin value player. Yeah. BRZ raises big. 13.65 million. Ooh, he's really, really going. Out of Ponikov's 28 million effective. Yeah. Like, huge. Here's what we got to talk about. Ponikov moves in and gets snap called and is out of the tournament. Yeah. I would never consider moving in. Never. Never. But he did it. He's a very good player. This is like that hand against Laszlo. Maybe this is a little less of a flashy thin value because he check raised middle pair. This is like similar leverage, though. Wouldn't you say? Like three bet shoving over this sizing with ace deuce on this board? It feels shocking. Like it's king six deuce, deuce four. No flush came in. He's just, I mean, obviously he's hoping BRZ has a weaker deuce. Is this just genius? Like, is BRZ forced to call with weaker deuces? Or is he just folding those? I mean, it's only, it's only like another 14 million to call. Man, it's weird because there's just not much else out there that like we should be afraid of, right? I guess Ponikov thinks he's got a range advantage in many ways. He has an actual advantage, his hand, yeah. of course. That's why he's mostly thinking about it here. But, um, but like, he also, but like, think of it this way, like, BRZ roll doesn't have like pocket kings, right? right? Like almost ever. You probably don't think he has pocket sixes either. No, he has three five. Three five, maybe, because he, he has to check call out of position on the flop instead of lead, but maybe he does it because it's what 500K, it's which is bet, one blind. Yeah. So he actually probably does have three five. Yeah. That's a problem. Three five is going to call us if we shut. Yeah. Um, but our, like, to your point, our, so let's not even think about pocket sixes. Let's assume pocket sixes are almost impossible. Yeah. Three five is possible. Yeah. Deuces are possible. Yeah. What else? I guess there could be a few full houses in there if deuces are possible, right? Because why not? I don't know. I feel like you have to really think that he's calling with a deuce, though. Like, check raising to this size with a deuce is already a little bit sketchy as BRZ. If you have, like, nine deuce suited or something. Right. Like, it's already a little bit tough to to think that you're going to get enough value enough of the time from just kings because you're not targeting a deuce then if you have nine deuce or something like that. You need to have a, a really... Qual- maybe queen deuce you could decide to do it with because at least you're beating most of the deuces. But Ponikov limped pre-flop on the button. He doesn't, have, not, he doesn't have the garbage deuces. Right, he's got... He doesn't have three deuce. He probably doesn't have... Yeah. Uh, by the way, four deuce is beating us anyway. He probably doesn't have five deuce. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So I don't know if you can consider a deuce a likely call from BRZ after he decides to go for what is already kind of thin value based on the sizing. We have to believe Ponikov is limping with hands like, you know, eight deuce suited and stuff like that. I'm just saying that's the only way that this makes sense to me to to believe that he... Or Ponikov has to believe that his opponent believes that. Right. Right. To think that they can have a a worse deuce and have this all play out this way. I, I think this is too thin, what Ponikov is doing here. Because... It's he hard. bets too big on the river, and he think you think BRZ is just going to call with the deuces. Most, yeah. most of his well, deuces. If he doesn't just call with the deuces, I don't think he's calling a three bet shove. shove. Right, right, right. Of course, that's that's the point. You're yeah, right, right. It's that right. He could it's raise. Like, it, he could still raise. It's but, that he's already out on a thin value s- situation if he raises a weak deuce here as BRZ, and then the guy shoves on you anyway. Yeah. Like if you're already in thin value, you're folding the deuce most of the time. Right. I mean, because to, to your point, going back to that range advantage, like Ponikov has kings. Yeah. For sure in this, in this range, right? He has sixes in his range. He has three, five in his range. Right. He has all that stuff in his range. He's got, he probably has king deuce suited in his range also. Yeah. He may have king deuce off suit in his range for he all might. I know. He might. He has ace deuce off. It's one, it's one pip down. It's a big pip. It's a big, it's, it's, it's still, a big, it's the biggest pip. But it's still, it's, it's one down and maybe. Maybe, you know, he's like, it's a king. It's the button. It's fine. I don't know. Maybe I, I wouldn't, know. I wouldn't have that hand, but I don't know. Um, 
So to your point, it seems like this can't be good for Ponikov to move in unless he knows his opponent ex- extraordinarily well and knows his opponent, and they have the kind of history where he knows his opponent actually can call with a worse hand. I mean, he. Th- my thinking is that Ponikov has to believe that BRZ will play a weak or deuce like this and will call. Like, I mean, what else? Other, otherwise, otherwise, you can't, what the fuck? You can't right. do this because you're not targeting a king. The way BRZ played this hand is not very king-like anyway. Like you would I mean, never... what, yeah, I mean, there's no way. Like, yeah. what king is he going to... Like, he doesn't beat any good kings, right? BRZ, I mean, because like he doesn't have ace-king. He doesn't have king-queen almost ever. It feels... Right? I, I think maybe what's going on here is that Ponikov is, like, uh, emblematic of this next iteration of thin value that's happening among high-stakes poker players. Like, the first thin value revolution happened, like, five years ago where people started going for much thinner value than they had been before. Yeah. And Ponikov might be just on the razor's edge of the new thin value forefront and that's going to include some mistakes right Hmm. and this might just be one of them it feels like a mistake um we thought the queen play that he did when it was middle pair uh was super thin we understood it and we thought it was possible it might have been good it may have been good it was so hard to get called by worse but we thought it was at least possible yeah right this feels like an impossible. This, one feels, this feels like more game theory disaster. This feels more actually. like an obvious mistake than that yeah. one. Yeah. So maybe though he's trying really hard to like, like you're saying, like like really squeeze, stretch for that thin value, and in spots that he wouldn't ever do it even. You and, know? and perhaps overall, it's really working out for him. I mean, he's been doing yes, very well. Exactly. He's, been, he's been showing up at all these final tables, and so he's going to break a few bones along the way. But he's going to end up the president of the world, or <laughs> whatever the saying is. That's no, that's that's the saying for yeah. sure. No, you got it. Yeah, totally nailed the saying. But I think that's possibly what's going on. Like he's just mm. like s- stretching the the bounds of thin value, and he's poking here, poking there, and every once in a while he pokes a hole in the balloon and it pops. You know. Having said all of that, it still is weird that he moves in, even if he's doing all that, because it feels like how could this be good? Like on, a, on like an initial inspection, even. So it's really interesting that that he chooses to do this because he is good. Well, it maybe once he's... maybe once he's known as a thin value guy, which maybe among these circles he's huh. already known as a thin value guy, he can actually get more thin value <laughs> because yeah. other people think he's going for a thinner value. So right. like maybe BRZ is calling with all deuces because Ponikov is the thin value guy. But what is... So Ponikov's three-betting all in with a king? Maybe he's, maybe BRZ is calling with nine deuce plus or something. Cause I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. Again, I don't know that BRZ even has nine deuce, for example. Like, he may fold that for half a blind out of position yeah. against these two fucking players, right? Like, why why play it? So now we're talking... I mean, he probably has the Broadway deuces. Yeah. So there's some. I don't know, but 10 deuce off? Does he really have 10 deuce off? I don't know. It, 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 I'm just saying. Like, there's not that many there. Ultimately, it just feels like a mistake by yeah, Monica. Yeah, like, it feels like his eyes are too big for his stomach kind yeah. of thing. You know, he flew too close to the sun and other, you know, cliches. And that's how he lost the tournament. He's out. Oh, and BRZ, despite having 140 bigs versus Mateos's 35 after this hand, ends up losing to Mateos. He cause, crumbles because it's Mateos. It's Mateos. He He's always quaffed. Wins. He always wins. He's quas quas quaffed. Exactly. <laughs> Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. and gonna be traveling the globe.